0: So today we're going to talk about shouts of grace, grace. Now, I started this a little bit uh, when we, did, I think it was April the 10th, and then I kind of, the Lord kind of led a little differently, and I didn't really get the main part of the sermon out, so we entitled that message, "That um, He Is Thy Life. Uh, and that's, if you look in our archives, you'll see April 10th is listed differently. But I want to talk a little bit today about a very precious scripture that I love very much, and uh, the Lord just, uh, this week when I was saying, Lord, what do you have in your heart for this morning uh, because I can preach lots of things and there's lots of things that God is dealing with me about you know pastor Nancy always says to preachers uh, you don't have to try to find a sermon you just ask yourself what is God talking to me about whatever he's talking to you about preachers that's what you preach because it has to be the overflow of what is already working in your own life, and it's just a bubbling forth. And when you preach what he's dealing with you about, unless obviously he's very private, there's sometimes it's, that's like that. But in general, God is always dealing with us about different things. All of us, if we were to take a poll, are reading different parts of the Bible in our devotion times right now. All of us are, are praying out certain things in our lives that are different to our neighbor. But God is always dealing with you about something. Listen, if God's not dealing with you about anything, then you're not listening. Because he's got something to talk to you about every day. There's and it doesn't mean a big heavy voice. It's just a knowing on the inside a scripture that jumps off the page It's just a leading to I want you to worship a bit more today I want you to pray in tongues a bit more today It's that wonderful meandering flow of the spirit because every day is different And don't let your devotion times be so legalistic and structured that you have to do the same number of verses You pray the same number of minutes. You're going to get bored of that very quickly and there's no life in that But when you just wait, wait on God, there's a life that comes into your prayer time. And so uh, this week, he he kind of bubbled this up within me. And he said, I just want you to talk to them. This is a very simple message. And I I want a simple message today because we've got other things to do later in the service. We've already done a lot. And so uh, when we have a full service, it's easier if I just preach on something a little bit simpler that I don't have a ton of notes for and, and that I have to, you know, get, you know, some sermons. You know, there's a lot that has to come out in order for it to make sense. This is a very simple sermon. But they're my favorite sermons because then it lets the Holy Ghost just just do, do extra stuff, right? And just add extra bunny trails when he needs it. But uh, just as a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a means of quick uh, summary for less than five minutes, when we started on April 10th, I said to you there's a commonality amongst all men and all women to be concerned something goes wrong when they're facing something and they're concerned about that thing. The commonality with all human beings is that we worry about it and we talk about it. And if you listen to your unsafe people at work and your neighborhood and your friends and your unsafe family, oh my God, it's amazing how much they yap about nothing. About nonsense, about how bad this is, about anti-this and anti-that and anti-Trudeau and anti-this and, and this and that and everything else in my body. And can you believe this? And it's just amazing the filth, the, the 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 sewer that just pours out of people's mouth. And I don't mean cussing and swearing. I just mean no life, no faith, no trust. Because the, the nature of an unsaved person is to complain. And especially when you're worried about things, when you're facing things that are hard, it is human nature, saved or not, to talk about it and to worry about it. God knows that. So he's given us a way to not live that way. And so when you're facing an obstacle or a mountain, Jesus didn't say worry about it or talk about it. He said, have faith, which is the opposite to worry, and talk to it. Our job is to talk to the problem. When a growth shows up in your body, don't don't let that fear hit you Keep the shield of faith up and say no I trust god and I know my covenant and talk to that thing that becomes your mountain Financial pressures marriage pressures lots of things we face talk to that thing God is trying to help us to learn. I don't want you worrying and talking about the problem I want you trusting me and talking to the problem. I don't want you worrying and talking about the problem I want you trusting me and talking to the problem There is a difference. Are you with me? Thank you for the anointing, Holy Ghost, that opens up their hearts right now to receive in Jesus' name. Now, Philippians, real quick now, let your fingers do the walking. Philippians 4 6, just by way of repeating of what we talked about last time, I want to read it again. Be anxious for nothing. Philippians 4 6, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, that means specific praying, giving your specific request. Add thanksgiving with it, because that's faith. When you thank God for something that you don't yet see is faith. Let your request be made known to God in the peace of God which passes all understanding. Well, God Guard. mount garrison be a sentry around your hearts and minds through christ jesus be anxious worried nervous fretful for nothing 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 but you don't know what i'm going through it's still in the category of nothing but you don't know what the doctor said it's still nothing it doesn't he didn't say except extreme emergencies he said nothing be anxious fretful worried and nervous about nothing That's command form. If you're worrying, you're sinning. You wonder why you don't get healed? Half the time it's because you're worried about it. You wonder why you can't get a financial breakthrough? Half the time it's because you're worrying about it. You don't even realize you're worrying. If you're thinking about it all the time, you're worrying. That's one of your litmus tests. How often do I think about this? Now you may think about it from a perspective of praise. Lord, I trust you. You know what I'm saying? And every time that thought comes to buffet your mind in fear, you respond to it and answer it and say, no, I'm praising the Lord. I trust the Lord. That's fine. But if, but how much are you thinking about it and giving in to that worry that will show you that you're not really in faith? Yeah. So God doesn't want us. It's common for all men to be concerned when things concern them, when things they face obstacles to worry and talk. God's trying to say, I don't want you to worry and I don't want you to talk about it. I want you to trust me and I want you to talk to it because you have authority and it will listen to you. The situation will start to turn. If you'll speak to it now, it's not only speaking to it. There's often other instructions Sometimes he'll say hey, you need to make this right. Hey, I want you to go and do this Hey, I want you to sow this seed. Hey, I want you to follow this instruction You've got to be led by the spirit. It's not just a blind confession There are other aspects and elements to getting the blessings of god You've got to be led like my wife said by the still small voice of the spirit. You've got to listen Praise god. You got to listen to him it's not just a confession. It's a listening. But I'm emphasizing today more than the listening, the emphasis of the spirit today, because Moses, he had a different emphasis on different Sundays and different Wednesdays. And by the way, if you come on Sunday, but you don't listen to Wednesday, you're getting half the load because it's a totally different anointing on Wednesday nights to teach. And a lot of people need that teaching anointing. They need to listen to what the Holy Ghost is saying. In fact, Taylor said Taylor always encouraging. But he said to me, how did you word it to me? On last Wednesday night, you said, Pastor, last Wednesday night was? Excellent. That's very rare for Taylor to tell me it was excellent. So when, it, when he does, I have him repeat it a couple of times. I record it. I listen to it. Because it's like, oh, thank God. It was excellent. Taylor said it was excellent. He's got a very high standard. So if he says it was excellent, in fact, Taylor, why don't you just take the microphone and tell people exactly what you thought about Wednesday night. Go ahead. And don't ever turn the microphone off. Wow, sorry. Sorry about that uh it was truly an excellent teaching it hear was that Rob. masterfully done and i'm not like you know I, i'm not trying to say that like in a, oh you know great job pastor. you know what i mean i'm not trying to say it like that i really mean like it helped me it helped me it was a rescue to my life and i'm sure it will be to yours pastor laketic would be so proud of me right now i'm doing the fishing thing i'm doing the cranky thing okay so uh Yes, wednesday night is really important to listen to and to attend and if you can't attend then listen Because you need the balance of both sunday and wednesday And a lot of people are not doing that. And so i'm just trying to help you as your pastor Uh, it doesn't matter to me from one perspective if you do or if you don't it matters to you Which also matters to me because I love you and I don't want you hurting. I don't want you struggling So the bible says it's I don't want you worried and anxious and nervous about anything. You're going to face things it's life but there's a trust that you can have in me, and you can speak to that thing, and it will turn. This is New Testament doctrine. Now, First Peter 5, 7, quickly, it is, it is the, we are preaching from the Bible, so let's read the Bible a little bit. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 7, and it says, casting all your care, all your care, none left out, Care means worry, fretting things that you're concerned about upon him, for he cares for you. Now be sober and be vigilant, vigilant, because your adversary, the enemy, the devil, walks as a roaring lion about seeking whom he may devour. How's he going to devour you? Because you're worried. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think that scripture's in there? Most people do not equate verse, uh, verse eight with verse seven. But the thought continues from verse seven to verse eight. You are not to. Cast. You are not to hold your care. You are not to worry. You're to cast it. Why? Because he's looking for an open door to devour. And what is the open door to devour you? Worry. Facing a problem and worrying about it. It opens the door for the adversary to try to consume you. When when Pastor Nancy and the team were walking, they'd preached in Russian in in St. Petersburg. I've walked down. I wasn't there that time, but I've walked those exact stairs many times. And it's kind of a steep stair coming out of their sanctuary, going down into the green room. And it's kind of high ceilings. And and Brother Ike, Pastor Ike Agabogu, he's coming to preach for us in July. It's going to be a wonderful time with him here in July. But but he was was the last one in that that, column of ministers going down. And Jesus appeared to him, open vision with his eyes wide open, Jesus was suspended in the air, about 10 feet in the air, and he was crying, and, and, and he, I didn't, he didn't say anything to him, but Jesus looked at him with tears in his eyes, and Pastor Nancy had just preached about the sin of worry, and, and Jesus said to him in that vision, he said, this is the reason why, I'm giving the gist of it, this is the reason why I cannot get over to my children what I want to get to my children, because they worry, and they do not trust me. It is a sin. You're going to face things. I'm going to face things. We're all going to face things. We are forbidden to worry. If you don't cast the care, you're opening a door to the lion. And he will devour. He doesn't have a right to devour if you stay in faith. Why? Worry is fear, not worry is faith. Trust is faith. So the shield of faith is what? What is a shield? It's a protection. The protection against enemies, the protection against arrows, the protection against the wiles, the Bible says, of the devil. So the devil is trying to come in. What keeps him out? Faith. What lets him in? Worry. Casting, not casting your care, holding on to your concerns, thinking, meditating, obsessing about it, being all afraid, being tormented. It opens the door to the enemy. You want the devil out? Stop worrying, but I can't stop worrying. Yes, you can. God wouldn't tell you to do something that was impossible. You just haven't renewed your mind to it because you're so, some people are addicted to worry like they're addicted to cocaine. Some people, if they didn't have something to worry about, they, they would wring their hands. They don't know what to do because you've been trained all your life to worry and the kingdom way is to trust and be at peace, not to worry. And I go through this all the time because there's always things going on with us. But I have to choose. It's a choice to not worry. To say, Father, I cast this care by my will over onto you. I intentionally say, I trust you. You are going to help me with this because you love me and you're never going to let me go. Do you understand? Praise God! It's so important. Now Matthew chapter six twenty-five, and then we'll move on to a new verse. Matthew chapter six twenty-five. I know this is this is this is regular and simple and common for you, but we never know who's watching. You never know who's visiting. Some people this is the first they've ever heard of this. So even though this is hold hat for most of you, just be patient. Matthew six twenty-five. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. <laughs> what you shall eat, what you drink, what. Or for your body, what you should put on. In other words, the basics of life, your gas to put in your car. Take no thought that it's $171.79. Take no thought about the war in Ukraine, about everything going up. Listen, I'm I'm trying to help you. You better not take that thought. You better not take that thought. Because the blessing of Abraham will swallow up the difference if you'll trust him. If you'll trust him. I was saying, Lord, I, I know this is gas bills. I've already got this Stupid guzzler of a pickup truck because my Tesla won't come because Elon Musk is smoking dope or something I don't know what he's doing. He's having a holiday. No, there's all the COVID restrictions and 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 the little Gadget things that they're I don't know what's going on, but I've been waiting 16 18 months for that car because I want a gas-free car Because I live far. I need to save money on no gas, but that stilly car won't show up. I'm still waiting and so I'm driving a pickup truck that drinks, doesn't sip, drinks, guzzles. It's like it's addicted to gasoline. And I'm sitting at that pump and I'm telling you, the other cars I start, another car shows up, is finished and gone. A second car already started and I'm still filling because my Tesla won't show up. It don't make me very happy. And I cannot take the thought. And I have a limit. $200 is my limit. If it's not full at 200, I turn it off. And at 200, I get in and that gauge is not even, not even close to the end. And I can't take the thought. I know what I'm saying is I'm like you. I know what you're going through. When you see cheese is now 30% more. Now it's okay the broccoli is because I tell Jenny, we just can't afford the broccoli. Just for, leave the broccoli. Just, just buy the potato chips. They're the same amount of money. But everything I understand, but we're not allowed to take that thought. No matter how the day, this is a daily thing, guys. We're living a daily life. We're not allowed to take that thought. We're not allowed to take that thought. Because he says now the basics of life, the basics of life. Now watch now, drop down with me. And he says here, uh, verse 31, therefore take no thought saying. If you think about it, you're going to say it. If you meditate on it, you're going to say it. If you're warring in your mind, it will come out of your mouth, Guaranteed. It's just a matter of time. And then when you get around your secular friends at work and they're all going on with their thing and you've been meditating on how bad the gas prices are and now they're talking about, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm gonna... That's how the Gentiles think. And because you're meditating, you're going to just flip right over into their nonsense. Oh, I know. Can you believe it? I know. And don't bring up my name. Even my pastor says it's $200 is the max. And don't, don't bring up my name to them. Just leave me out of it. What I'm saying is if you meditate on it long enough you will take that thought take that worry and say And god's saying all men face problems What people do is they worry and they talk about the worry The believer is supposed to not every believer does but you're supposed to trust not take the worry But trust keep the devil out trust and speak to that problem So now hold on, with the gas pump, you you don't have control over the gas price. So there's no real point saying, I command you to go down in the name of Jesus. And then they're they're calling the people with the butterfly nets to come and have a meeting with you. Because you don't have control over that. So you don't have to yell at the gas pump or command the price to come down. Because I said, don't take the thought, but trust God and speak to the problem. But the problem is not the gas price. The problem is the amount of money in your pocket. That's the problem because if you had a lot of money in your pocket, you wouldn't worry about the gas price So don't yell at the pump and don't tell the person when they call and say we're going to cut your off. Well, i bind you in jesus name. No, you just they're not the enemy. They're not the problem They're just trying to get their money from you You call those things that be not as though they are not things that are as though they're not I don't have a gas bill I don't have a phone bill. No, you've got it <laughs> So you don't call those things that are as though they're not that's 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 that science stuff that what's it called the Tom Cruise anyway, Christian science where they don't even believe in reality half the time. No, no, we don't call things that are as though they're not We call things that are not that are not yet manifested the blessing the increase the extra money is not yet manifested I call it this as though it is so I don't yell at the pump What I say is while it's ticking away and I do this I say father. I thank you. I have a supply I have a supply. I have a supply. I have a supply and then the Lord said to me one day <laughs> I'm just being real, real transparent with you. He said to me one day Well, if you have a supply then go past two hundred dollars. I said no, I won't This is true dough and I started to getting... see those are stout words yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said <laughs> "Okay, lady. I'll just go until the little pump goes click you know it can I can't fill it anymore So I I went, I went, I went. I didn't want to look at this. I didn't want to look. Don't look, don't look. Click. And then there's always a little extra in that tank. So you have to do a little bit more. This is a click, this is a click, this is a click, 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 click. And then you stop. I hung that thing up and I pushed receipt. I didn't look at the screen. And I got the receipt and I'm driving in the car. I didn't look at the receipt. Heard the Lord say, if you have a supply, look at the receipt. I don't want to look at the receipt. $243. To fill up that ridiculous truck? Because my Tesla, and I blame Elon Musk. That's right. Anyway, he's in SpaceX somewhere. He's gone, he's gone to the moon. We don't know where he went. But they're apparently working on my car. Apparently, brethren, Dan. But then I heard the Lord say, now, if you have a supply, why are you worrying about it? I said, okay, Lord, I'll just believe you for it. And I'm thinking, well, maybe somebody, you know, maybe some Christian will bless me. And then I got a check in the mail. I know this is simple. No, it's, it's simple. But then I, 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 I got a check in I'm looking at this government of Ontario. The government of Ontario takes my money. They don't, they don't give me no money. I'm looking at the check, $566, and I'm thinking, what is that for? And I'm reading the thing, and it says, we want to refund your license plate from 2020. Apparently, you're all getting one. Make sure you tithe on it. You're all getting one. And, and I heard the Holy Ghost say, you see, if you look back now at all that extra, pri- all that extra cost over the last two, three months, he said, this more than covers the difference. Okay. I thought, oh, but I didn't know this was coming. Exactly. Yes. Now you say, but it doesn't matter whether you confess or not. Everybody gets it. So that wasn't because of your confession. In this case, that's true. Everybody gets it. It wasn't based on my confession, but the Lord was trying to show me I can do things that you don't know about. I've got lots of ways to help you, whether it's the government or whether it's a surprise here or a gift there or, or some other person that you don't even know that just feels compelled. I've got ways to do it. So what do we do? We're not taking the thought and talking about that thought. Because if you see here, verse 31, take no thought saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? How are we going to get gas? How are we going to pay the mortgage? Where we shall we clothe? After all these things, as the Gentiles, uncovenanted men that don't know God, they seek these words. They say these things. For your heavenly father knoweth what you have need of. So just seek first the kingdom Amen. and everything you need. Just put him first. Just put the tithe first. Just put your, just put your confession first. Just put faith first. Do it God's way. And I'm going to take care of everything else. Everything else. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Preaching better than you're saying. Amen. Now, I don't remember the exact scripture, so you'll have to help me, Jennifer. But Deuteronomy, if you'd please turn there. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy, I think I read the whole chapter, which is why I don't have a scripture written down. We're not reading the whole chapter, but I'm looking for the verse, Taylor, where it says uh, I have said, oh, there it is, verse 15. Don't worry about it, Taylor. Just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> now, verse 14, chapter 30, verse 14 of Deuteronomy, but the word, this is what Paul quoted in Corinthians, but the word is very nigh thee in your mouth and in your heart, Paul adds the phrase, this is the word that we preach, that thou mayest do it. See, I have set before thee this day life and and good and death and evil. And then he commands us to walk in his ways. And uh, isn't there another one, Taylor, when he says choose life? Where is that? Verse Verse 19. Thank you, sir. I will call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that thou both and thy seed, your children, this affects the next generation, may live live. And that word literally means to be revived and flourish. So you want to flourish? You want to live? He says, I'm I'm putting before you right words, wrong words, life, death, blessing with your words, cursing with your words. Please choose the right thing so that I can flourish you. Because if you choose the wrong thing, you're taking the thought saying, and you're opening the door to the devil for him to come and devour you. So no matter what you're facing financially health wise marriage wise in any capacity you're facing obstacles we all do it's part of life but how we react to those obstacles separates us from the gentiles right. we're not going to worry amen. we're going to speak right amen. amen now quickly mark 11 mark 11 you know this famous scripture verse 22 jesus answering saith unto them have faith in god have the god kind of faith or have the faith that god has <laughs> so if anybody asks you, you can say i believe just like my father I believe just like my father. How can you have God's faith? Because Jesus told me I could. I have God's faith. Verily I say to you, whatsoever you should say to this mountain, didn't say worry about the mountain, say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says will come to pass. What you say has to obey you. If you believe that, a lot of people don't believe that. That's why when they cast out a devil, it doesn't come out because they truly don't believe it's going to come out. When they speak to their body, they truly don't believe they're going to be healed. How do you get to the place where you actually believe what you say is going to obey you? The thing that you're speaking to is going to obey you. You have to get to the place where your faith builds, where you actually believe. How does that happen? You have to be in the Word. You have to have a lifestyle of the Word, not just Sunday morning. You have to have a daily lifestyle in the Word. If you're a Sunday only, Dr. Dufresne would call you an SOB. Not a son of a, mm, but a Sunday only bunch. Dr. Dufresne liked those little catchphrases because it made the religious people's hairdos start to wave. Don't be a Sunday-only bunch. Don't just listen to the Bible when you come on Sundays every day if you do that this won't work for you if you have a daily lifestyle a love for the word a love for god and you are in the word and you are in the word what is going to happen over time faith is going to come because revelation is going to come romans 10 7, 17 says faith comes by reveal the revealed the revealed the Rama word of god not just reading but when it becomes real to you when it's quickened to you when it's alive to you when it's poured into your heart by the holy ghost and you see it differently than when you read it last week and you go oh i see that that's faith that has come for that that thing Amen. now when you've got that revelation when you got that revelation and you are now releasing your faith in that revelation it will work for you you can't get it without the word even listening to preaching some of you listen to a lot of preaching it'd be better for you to turn off the preaching and open your own bible and read the word because it's almost a little bit of a lazy way out Well, just kind of entertain me. Isn't Pastor Nancy pretty? She's so, that's a wonderful sermon. That's great. But I'm wondering, you would probably get more if you opened your own Bible, read your own Bible. I'm not saying don't listen. I'm not saying don't listen. I'm saying don't only listen. Listening to me on a, not on Sunday morning, but on a live stream or a podcast, listening to Pastor Nancy, listening to Brother Colburn, listening to Brother Higgins, listening to all these people are a supplement. They are not your mainstay. The minute you make it your mainstay, you've turned lazy. Your mainstay is your own opening the Bible and studying it yourself And coming to where God planted you with an anointing on a pasture where he placed you under that anointing Because that anointing will feed you differently and more than any other preacher Even though they're better than me and bigger than me and greater than me But that didn't plant you with them. He planted you with me So your own study is first this local church is second and that is the meat and the potatoes of your life And then after that is all the other preachers they're supplements they're dessert. But if you only eat dessert, you'll never grow strong. Believe me, I know I've tried. You've got to have the healthy food. You've got to have the staples. You've got to have the basics. You've got to have the balanced diet. That is your study and this church's study. And then add the dessert as well. So it sweetens it. You get other anointings from other ministers, but you've got to study the Bible yourself. If you'd study it, faith would come. You say, but how do I get to the place where I really believe that what I say, it's going to obey me? Get in the word until faith comes. You'll know it when it's there because when you speak, you'll believe with all your heart this is going to happen. Yes. And when you get to that place, you'll, you can say to any mountain, Be thou removed and cast the sea, don't down in your heart, but believe that what those things which you say will come to pass. And you'll have whatsoever you say. Yes. What a powerful, what a powerful promise. Yes. Did you notice the mountain was not to be whined and complained and worried about? The mountain was to be spoken to. Yes. Okay, now turn with me over to our main verse, which is in the book of Zechariah. Do you know where that is? Zechariah chapter 4. This is the, I believe it's the second, the second last book of the Bible, and the new, of the Old Testament at least. It's right before Malachi. Zechariah chapter 4. Pat, Reverend Greg, that's in the Old Testament, brother, not the new. Okay. Zechariah chapter 4. and <laughs> Amen. This is what the Lord said to on today, honey. Then he answered and spoke unto me saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Taylor. No. This is the word of the Lord unto Hannah. This is the word of the Lord unto, unto Tyrone. This is the word of the Lord unto Michaela. Put your name where Zerubbabel's name is because this is the word of the Lord unto you. Yes. Personalize it. Amen. This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel saying, Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit says the Lord of angels My spirit's going to work with angels and we're going to get the job done And it's not because of all your fancy stuff and all your smarts and all your degrees and nothing wrong with having those things But you you can't put your confidence in all your ability your strength your power your might your understanding It's not by might Not by power, but by my spirit And I don't know know why there's an emphasis, but he kept saying to me all week, I want you to say this verse to them. Say the preliminaries as as a foundation, but I want them to hear this verse. It is not by might. It is not by power. Some of you are facing big problems right now. I'm telling you as your pastor, it is not by your strength, your smarts, or your ability. God will use your strength. He'll use your smarts. He'll use your ability. But that is not what gets the credit because that's not where the power comes from. He will use natural things. But where the real source of power comes to change situations is not you. He said, it's not you. It's not by your might or power. It's me. It's by the Spirit of God. The Holy Ghost is going to fix some things for us. The Holy Ghost is going to help us Amen. because it's not by might nor by power Amen. now watch the next verse who art thou? Oh, I love it. I love it He's talking to a mountain That Jesus didn't even have you know, Jesus I'm sure preached it with attitude, but we weren't there to hear him So we just have the recorded words in Mark eleven twenty three. 23. He said to say unto this mountain He just said say unto the mountain. just a factual statement. Just say to the mountain be removed and cast in the sea, but Zechariah. And Zerubbabel, they got a bit of attitude going down. They are from Jamaica, man. They are, they are, they are Caribbean brothers. They got an attitude. I'm telling you, this. I think Jesus. I think Jesus said it with attitude, but we didn't hear him say it. We only see the words. But there's an attitude that they have. They just didn't talk to the mountain. They said, "Who do you think you are?" They had a conversation with that mountain. Yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 you! Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Who do you think you are? You see the attitude? That's the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith is a holy, glorified attitude of aggression in the face of darkness. When there is a problem, yes, you're going to speak to it, but why don't you, why don't you slap it around a bit first? Right? I don't, I don't support Ollie's behavior, but he found a rat outside. I caught him. I tried to rescue the poor rodent, the vermin, because I didn't want the thing to die even though it is vermin. But he found that in the yard and he pulled it over with you know, head in his mouth. And then I watched him, I said, what is he doing? And he drops it and the thing scurries and then he hits it with his paw and he goes and grabs it with his mouth and shakes it and then drops it to watch what happens. And he goes, grab, And I said, Oliver, leave that alone. will give you rabies or something. <laughs> He'd killed it by the time I got out there, but he just, he, he, he wasn't just out for the kill. He wanted to have some fun That's the bull either. That's the french or that's the bull. I don't know which it is I'm, not sure if it's the french side of him or the bulldog side of him But they wanted to have some fun bullying that little rat You can, you got a problem to deal with and you can just talk to it But it's okay to have some fun slap it around a bit I'm serious slap it around a bit Hey growth. Yeah, i'm talking to you. You ugly thing Hey growth, i'm talking to you. Yeah, i'm talking to you growth who do you think you are? That's right. Do you know who I am? Yeah. Who do you think you are? You're from hell. I'm from heaven. Hell has never beaten heaven once in all of eternity. Who do you think you are? Who art thou mountain? Yeah. Who do you think you are to stand before the man? See, you've got to think of yourself right. right. Yeah. You see, the, 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 those are wretched little spies, those ten little spineless wimps. Two had spines. Ten had no spines. They needed a spine transplant. They said, we are grasshoppers in their sight. And they think we're also, and we see them as giants. See, they saw themselves as small. So they said, we are grasshoppers. It didn't say they said we are grasshoppers. Read it. It says we are grasshoppers to them. So what are they saying? We are small. They are big we are weak. They are strong. We are not able. They are able that is not covenant talk yeah. What did the covenant people with spines say no, no, no That's right. That's The land is good and delights Let us go up at once to possess it for we are well able yeah. Did you notice they didn't even talk about the giants? Yeah. They didn't even bring up the word giant in their discussion other than other than to say we saw the sons of anak <laughs> but we're going to eat them for breakfast. Amen. They are bread for us. Yeah. Their defense is departed. Let us go up at once. You see, that's the spirit of faith. That's spines. That is strength. Yes. That, that, is what, that is what we're trying to raise up in this church. Didn't, he didn't look at it. You see, if you look at yourself as weak and small, you will talk weak and small. But if you look at yourself as strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, Ephesians 6, if you look at yourself as an eagle and not a chicken, if you look at yourself as somebody that's been given dominion and power, you won't just look at the mountain and go, (laughs) you look at the mountain and say, who do you think you are? To stand before me. You see, they see themselves right. That's not pride. That's That's not pride. Pride is when I say, which in this case is true, Greg, I'm better than you. I mean, (laughs) I mean, I mean, mean, that's pride. Now, that's not true. (laughs) Pride is when you think you're better than someone that's actually where racism originates from where you think you're better than someone That's where that's where that's where you know that all that nonsense comes Pride is where so the devil thought he was better than God? And how did that work out for him? Then he became jealous of God because he started he was better than God and more beautiful than God and more powerful than God And then he decided to kill God because Jesus said he was a murderer from the beginning and God said Blick. It wasn't some big war okay they never want you to think he's so big it's a plick and when we're having dinner with jesus i'm personally going to probably be having um veal maybe i'm not sure what i'm going to order on that special dinner i might have three different meats we're just going to see but on the marriage supper of the lamb when we get to heaven and satan for all these billions of years has been planning this big event where he's going to storm heaven, kill Jesus, kill the Father, and sit on the throne. And Jesus is sitting there, Greg, you're going to be way down the end, but I'm going to be right by Jesus. (laughs) And we're going to be waving to you. And and Jesus is going to say, oh, uh, Angel, Angel Michael's going to come over. Jesus, Satan's here. He's trying. He's at the gate. And Jesus says, I'm busy with Craig. Deal with him. (laughs) Blick Doesn't even get up doesn't even put his armor on doesn't even put his sword on doesn't even get on his horse yeah. this thing this enemy that's been planning this for billions of years and Jesus goes T- deal with him I'm eating <laughs> that's what's gonna happen the Bible says he doesn't even stand up yeah. Yeah. the angels go and push him down yeah. Yeah. and then when he shows up on earth with the white horses and the Antichrist, the false prophet are there at Armageddon, and they're looking at him. Jesus just speaks, and a sword comes out of his mouth, and the Bible says that the glory coming off his being physically melts their skin off their skeleton, and they just crumple into a heap of gooey, ooey skin. He didn't even pull out a sword. He just looks and says, shut up, or I don't know what he says, but what doesn't say. It just says a word comes out of his mouth, a word, one word. He could say boo. I don't know what he's going to say, but any word in the mouth of Jesus is stronger than the greatest antichrist, Satan, devil, false prophet. You you, got to see it right because you read Revelation. You're like, (laughs) if you're like that, you're going to be the very back on the brown horse. Okay, we're going to be all at the front. All right. One word boo. I don't know what he's gonna say glory. He's gonna say father Jesus. I bind you I don't know what he's gonna say, but the guy's gonna melt right in front of him. I'm gonna be right there I don't I'm gonna push Benny Hen off his horse. I'm gonna be right there I don't care pastor Nancy. You need to take a back seat this time all my life. You were ahead I'm moving ahead of you. I gotta see this for myself. I want to see his skin melt you got to look at it right. You are not a you are not a grasshopper. You are not a worm. I love this term, Jenny. Who art thou? And notice he he didn't he didn't play games. He said called it a great mountain. He acknowledged the high the greatness of the battle. Who art thou, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? I know who I am. I know who I am. I know who I am. I'm in Christ now. In the New Testament, if he is an old saint without even God in him. Can act this bold? How much more in the New Testament with God in us should we not say, Who art thou, O cancer, to stand before the man of God? Who are you? Who are you? You see that boldness? That's what will kill cancer. That's what will change financial hardship. That's what will cause you to keep your house when they say you're going to lose your house. That's what will change your marriage. It's this when they surrounded me on that platform in India and they were coming at me and some of them had weapons Some of them didn't and I felt the fear But then the anointing came on me and I grabbed that case and before I even started to spin I said I remember I said who do you think you know who I am and I started spinning That's just how God led me to do it like a whirlwind and then those angels struck them like statues and that little angel, which uh, not a little angel, he looked little to me, but he was in the form of a human, came through to help me escape. But I remember the aggression, the, the spirit of faith was who do you think you know? At first, it was panic. Yeah. They're going to kill me. But see, when that anointing comes on you. Mm-hmm. See, really, that was the gift of faith. Yeah. Now, he wanted me to use the faith I had, but sometimes in emergencies, he knows you're so paralyzed that the gift of faith will just come on you, right. just as a gift. Yeah. That was the gift of faith. I mean, I felt like I could just mow them all down. But the terror I felt right before that shows that in me I can do nothing. But that gift of faith came and there was an aggression like who do you think you who do, who do you think you are in the face of death? Yeah. That's the spirit. That's what we're talking about. Don't ever forget this verse. Don't ever forget verse 7 of Zechariah 4. Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel. Hallelujah. Let's know who we are. You shall become a plane. What did he say? Speak to the mountain. Believe what you say, it will happen. We got Mark 11 and we got Zechariah 4, and they blend. Old and new, they blend, Jennifer. Now, watch now. And he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, crying, Grace. Grace unto it Now I want you to pay attention here because a lot of people including me misread this and I misread this for years This is what I thought it said Who art thou O great mountain before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain, and you shall bring forth the headstone of the mountain Therefore with shoutings crying grace grace to it That's not what it says It doesn't say you're bringing the headstone of the mountain Did you notice that? Yes. A lot of people think the headstone means the top of the mountain It does not mean that it's, there are two distinct actions being taken here. One is he's saying the mountain will become a plain, and then there's a pause, and then he says, and he shall bring forth the headstone with shoutings. Now, where it confuses you is the word thereof, because when you see the word thereof, you think the headstone's talking about the mountain. He shall bring the headstone thereof about the mountain with shouts of grace, but the word thereof is italicized. It's not in the original. So you take the word thereof out because it's not talking about the mountain. This is how it should read. Who art thou, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? Thou shalt become a plain. And then there's a full stop. And he shall bring forth the headstone with shoutings, crying grace, grace unto it. What does the word headstones mean? I did a very thorough and exhaustive study about this word. And let me read it to you from the Amplified Classic. And and you might see it a little bit differently than you see it now. Are you okay? We're still 1144. Listen, you watch TV for 17 hours a day. So just relax for a few minutes with me. Okay, we're going to get you out. And it's going to be a great afternoon. But I want to read it to you from the Amplified. Is it the Classic version? Yes, the Amplified Classic version. Watch with me now in verse 6. Then he said unto me, this is an addition, this addition of the bowl to the candlestick causing it to yield. And it says, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, of whom the oil is a symbol, says the Lord of hosts. For who are you, O great mountain of human obstacles? Before Zerubbabel, who with Joshua has led the return of the exiles from Babylon and was undertaking the rebuilding of the temple before him. In other words, he's a man of God. You shall become a plain, a mere molehill. Now watch. And he shall bring forth the finishing gable stone of the new temple with loud shoutings of the people crying grace, grace to it. Did you see that? It's got nothing to do with the mountain. He shall bring forth the finishing gable stone of the new temple. Why? Because if you read, if you read earlier, it says in the earlier in the same verse, it says that Zerubbabel with Joshua led the return of exiles from Babylon and was undertaking the rebuilding of the temple. So Zerubbabel and Joshua are building the temple. That's the context of this and he is saying there are many human obstacles so he is saying who are thou mountain of human obstacles before Zerubbabel you will become nothing but a molehill with shoutings to the finishing gable stone of the temple I shout grace to you I I don't you're not getting it yet but you will in a second now, in the New Living, I won't read it for the sake of time, but in the New Living, instead of saying the finishing gable stone, it says the final stone. Finishing stone, final stone. The King James doesn't really explain it well. It just says headstone. But if you study Hebrew theologians on this, let me, let me try to explain to you what this is. A gable stone. If you don't believe me, you can look it up. A gable stone was the very last stone that was set In a building project house temple doesn't matter what the structure was It's called a gable stone or a finishing stone the the King James calls it a headstone But the better word for it is gable stone. They build the structure and they leave one part out and Once everything is done They use the plumb line to check verticality to make sure everything is exactly right the last action that the builder does is he puts a stone that has been engraved, oftentimes with multiple colors, other times with not colors, but it always has an engraving on it. And it tells in the engraving who owns that home or the family crest of the family that's living in that home. Or if it was the temple they would probably be some kind of verse from the Torah or something about God's name but there's always an engraving they do an elaborate engraving on a stone called the gable stone and it's about 9 to 12 feet in the air it's the first thing your eye sees when you approach that structure and it's right over the central arch it's front and center and they do this engraving and they put the gable stone in its place and that is the last action of the building project once the gable stone has been affixed the building is done okay now they're building the temple so he's talking about the finishing stone the gable stone with the name of god engraved on it that's going front and center to about 12 feet in the air right in the middle of that archway where you come in now what's he saying i'm trying to help you understand something here what the bible is telling us is you are going to face two main obstacles two main categories in your life there's going to be problems obstacles mountains issues sickness finances whatever that's one category then the other category is your job on the earth what god has assigned you to do the quote-unquote building of your life that he's trying to build the plan the path that he's trying to get you to walk on there are going to be obstacles to rob you of finishing that assignment but it's not about the obstacles it's about the assignment What is he saying? Oh, mountain of human obstacles to try to stop me from finishing the temple. I say that you become a plane because I know who I am and I know that you're going to listen to me. Because I'm going to finish this job. I'm going to finish this temple. I'm going to place the Gable stone in. And how am I going to do it? I recognize it's not by my might or power, but it's by the Spirit. It's by the power of God, which is the grace of God. So I'm going to call to that gable stone and I'm going to say, you are going to be completed by the grace and the power of God. And I shout to you and I say, be finished by the power and the grace of God. And I lift my voice in a shout and I say, grace, power, the Holy Ghost is going to complete this work happy you have an assignment on the earth you have a job to do you have a path to walk it's like a quote-unquote building a temple you're not building a temple but it's like that temple represents your assignment there are obstacles to stop you from doing your assignment you have to speak to those obstacles not just for the sake of speaking to them but in order to finish your assignment and run your race and finish your course You've got to have who you are, who do you think you are, obstacles. I command you to become a plane. That's part A. Now, this assignment, this plan, this temple, so to speak, that I have a job to do. I command my, listen, I'm trying to help you. A lot of people don't know this. I command my assignment to be fulfilled. I command the finishing gable stone of my call to be set in place. It is not done because I have not lived my life. I am in a building process like they were in a building process of their temple. But I see by the eye of faith that my gable stone will be placed. I will finish my race. I will live my life and I will obey the call. I will do everything God told me to do and I will not be, it will not be aborted or slowed down. I call, the listen to me, I call the completion Of my assignment in the earth I call it by the power of the Holy Ghost to come to pass are you hearing me are you gonna be a doer of this Tyrone you have an assignment you're maybe everybody is in a different phase of their project of their assignment how much it's built or you could look at it like a path everybody's at a different level how far they've walked that path but this is a building analogy not a path analogy. So let me use it. Your assignment is a temple. You might only be putting them outer walls up. The younger you are, the further you have to go in your building project to finish your assignment. If you're older, you might be you might be finishing the inner touches on the inside. But everybody has a temple to build. Everybody has an assignment in the earth. And what God is trying to show us here is you're not going to fulfill what God's asked you to do in just your own ability it's got to be the grace and the anointing and the spirit of God to help you but what you need to do is not just talk to the mountain that's trying to stop you from that assignment you've got to actually speak to that assignment you've got to speak to the gable finishing stone and say I call my assignment it will be fulfilled my assignment will be fulfilled The finishing stone will be placed in my life before I stop breathing oxygen. It will be finished, and I say the grace and the glory and the anointing and the Spirit of God cause it to come to pass. Cause it to come to pass. I say that over me. I say, Lord, I don't know everything you've asked me to do, but I call, I call everything you've asked me to do on this earth, I call it completed. I call the gable stone affixed. Because it's not going to happen because I'm so great. It's going to happen because of the grace of God. It's going to happen because of the Spirit of God. It's going to happen because of the anointing of God. It's going to happen because of the favor of God. It's going to happen because of the angels of God. But I, you've got to get this. You've got to not just be so in your little bubble about today and this week and this month. And oh, you don't know what I'm going through. There is an assignment for your whole life. And what he's saying is the temple's not finished. There are things trying to stop me from building it. Not only am I going to tell those things to listen to me, but I'm going to, by faith, picture the finishing stone being placed. This temple, this assignment is going to be finished. And it's going to be finished because God's grace and anointing is helping me to do it. I don't take the credit. It's not by might or by power. It's by the grace and the anointing and the spirit of God. But the key principle is here is you've got to start calling the completion of your assignment. Call it. If you're believing for, I'm just saying for a businessman, they have different financial goals like you, Tyrone. Let's say, you know, your whole assignment for your whole life is a long stretch it's a large building, but you can do it in phases. And if you're believing for 25 people underneath you in business and to earn $250,000 a year, if that's a phase, if that's what God put in your heart, it's not the completion of the entire plan, but it's of a phase. It might take you five years, it might take you 10 years, but it's a chunk. Why don't you start saying, I call the completion of this phase for 25 under me and 250,000 a year in salary. I call it finished. I see the gable stone and the eye of faith placed. I say in Jesus' name, I call you finished. You will not be aborted. You will come to pass by the anointing and the grace and the spirit of God. I call you finished. I call you 250 in. I call you. That's what you do. From that perspective you can have a finishing stone in the phases. Because some people it's too much to chew off the whole life plan. But there are phases. So the way I look at it is, Lord, what are you doing in this 5 year 10 year plan for me? What in the Hebron season, which I know goes to 2027, 20, what's the goal? What's the what, what are, and I start to say, I picture the gable stone for this phase, for this season, I picture it being affixed. It will be finished it will not be aborted it will not be stopped it will not be slowed down why because of my words because i call this phase complete i call it i say by the grace and the anointing of the holy ghost i commend this phase to complete And then what's in this phase for me, then I say the number of people I'm believing in the church, the number of finances that we need, the plane, the this, the international works. And I start to specify in this phase, it will be completed. In this phase, the gable stone will be affixed. Why? Because of the grace, because of the glory, because of the anointing, because of the spirit. Not because I'm so great, because he's so great and he's going to help me. He'll use me. He needed Zerubbabel to put hands to the plow, but it was God's power that gave them strength. Are you with me? know who you are stop saying oh mountain who do you think you are great mountain before craig because i know who i am you are trying to stop the plan now i commend you to become a plane but don't just put your focus on the mountain put your focus on the plan Now, Father, the plan and the phase of this plan that you've asked me to accomplish in this season of my life, I call it to be completed. I call for its completion. I call for it not to be aborted and not to be delayed. I call for the gable stone in this phase to be affixed. I see it in the eye of faith, and I say in Jesus' name, be completed. By the anointing and the grace and the Spirit of God, be completed. If you'll learn to not just talk to mountains, but to talk to the plan. That's what i'm trying to say taylor everybody talks to the mountain but you got to talk to the plan the mountain's only there to rob you of the plan talk to the plan talk to the plan if you don't even know what the plan is how can you talk to it get in the holy ghost and pray until you know the plan what is a, do you even know five years from now what you're supposed to be doing you can know that by the spirit find the plan and call for the plan call for the plan call for the greatness of his plan to be accomplished if part of the plan is to get married call for that right spouse if part of the plan is to get a start a business and you have a certain amount of financial growth per year start calling that plan start picturing that it will be completed and the gable stone will be affixed and know it by the anointing and start to say it will surely pastor dan you know the plan You don't know it all, but you know some of that. Start calling, not just the mountain, start calling the plan. I call Inverness. I call it established. Lord, I believe in you for whatever it is. Let's say, I'm believing for 10 people by the end of the year. Lord, I call, I see the gable stone affixed to that. It will surely come to pass. I say, grace, anointing, Holy Ghost, do it in Jesus' name. And then you do the natural what he tells you to do, but the power is working to complete that part of your plan. Everybody is only talking to the enemy and the mountain, but you've got to remember the mountain is there to stop you. What does Jesus say? Speak to the mountain. What's the next thing he says? And whatsoever things you desire when you pray. In other words, whatever's on your heart, whatever you want, we could say whatever I've put on your heart, whatever is the plan for you, whatever is the desire for you, Believe you receive it and you shall have it. Why? The mountain is there to stop you receiving. Verse 23 is there to stop you receiving. Verse 24. The mountain is there to stop you receiving. The temple finished. You understand? You've got to be plan focused and not mountain focused. Don't you notice Pastor Nancy doesn't talk about the mountain very much. She's constantly saying the greatness of his plan. The greatness of his plan will come to pass. The greatness of his plan will come to pass. When I'm around her and she's got goals for the television, that's part of a phase of the plan. And I'll hear her say, and I say that we'll have that many partners. What she's saying, she's seeing the Gable Stone Effects. And I say, in Jesus' name, by the power of the Holy Ghost, that's the grace. I say in Jesus' name, you come to pass. The plan will be accomplished. The plan will not be aborted. You see, that's what I'm trying to get this congregation to see. There is a plan for us corporately, but there's a plan for you personally. There's a plan for your life, for your marriage, for your business, for your finances. There's a plan for you. Find out the plan and don't just always talk to the mountain, but talk to the mountain in relation to the plan. Call for the plan to come to pass. The plan needs your call. The plan needs your faith. The plan needs the anointing of the Holy Ghost to cause it to come to pass. Right. Jenny, I see the gablestone. I see it. in the different phases that I'm in, the different things, the different plans, the many plans within the big plan, I can see it. I can see what Hebron's supposed to look like. I can see what this church is supposed to look like in, in four or five years from now. I can see that new building. These are all phases of the bigger plan. I'm calling, I'm calling the plan to come to pass. I'm imagining the gable stone affixed on that new building. The gable stone affixed on aviation. The gable stone affixed on a certain number of, I'm believing for a certain number of people to get born again and saved. I, 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 that number i'm calling for it right now. He said believe me for 500 runners in hebron That is that is a gable stone. That is the finishing lord I'm calling for that 500 runners in hebron that you're going to grow the search see i'm picturing I'm imagining with holy intention and holy faith and a holy Imagination it will come to pass. I call for the 500 runners. I call for it See what am I doing the gable stone the finishing is going to be a fix. It's going to come to pass But as I'm saying it, I'm saying in Jesus' name, because I have New Testament authority, in Jesus' name, by the power of the Holy Ghost, by the grace and by the Spirit of God, because that's how it happens. I call for the plan. I call for the plan. I call for the 500. I call for the 40,000 a week. What am I doing? I'm not just focusing on the mountain. I'm focusing on the plan. There is a sense of hope in you when you know that there's a, a destiny for you. So many people are focused on the negative, but th- turn around, put your back to the devil, put your back to the mountain, and look at what has God asked you to accomplish. What is His plan for you? There is great things in your future. Amen. Don't just go, "Wow, that's wonderful," and never think about it again. Start calling for it. Start calling. That's Pastor Nancy's always talking about. Call for the plan. If you if you're around her, she's constantly calling for the plan. Yes. I say this will come to pass and guess what like magic it comes to pass why because the anointing does it but why the anointing needs your words when the when the the mountain comes to stop who do you think you are do you know who i am become a plane then i forget about you i focus on the plan now i call for that plan i call for the finishing gable stone of that plan it will surely be completed it will come to pass by the anointing of god it will come to pass that's how i live most of the time i'm not talking to the mountain i'm talking to the plan Every now and then, I'll see a mountain pop up. Get down in Jesus' name. Who do you think you are? Don't you know who I am? I'm Zerubbabel. You shut up, devil. Now, I go back to the plan. I go back to the plan. I'm trying to help you. Some of you don't even know what God's plan is for your life. You better start to pray and fast and seek God and find out what he's asked you to do so that your life has purpose, so you wake up in the morning going today's one more step toward the finishing of this plan. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, bless the people. I love them. I appreciate them. Lord, you said to me, encourage them. Encourage them that it's not by their abilities. It's by my power. It's by my spirit. I'm going to do it for them. And tell them, yes, talk to the mountain, but talk about the plan. Call forth the completion of the plan by my grace. Tell them to picture in their mind that this is going to come to pass. It's not just a pipe dream. It's going to happen. And Father, when they do that, it will fill their life with strength and purpose and energy. And they'll be so excited about waking up in the morning. Even if the job they have, they don't like right now. But they know that there's something better on the horizon. There's the plan that has to come to pass. And that, that, that will strengthen us through every dark valley we go through. Keeping our eyes that the plan will be accomplished. And we give you praise and we give you glory. And everybody said in the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.